Yeah, so it is February 8th, 9th, and 10th from 10 a.m. to noon, each one of those days on Eastern Time, uh, Eastern Standard Time. So that way you can pop in and pop out. It's not a whole day commitment. It is absolutely free for business owners. Every one of our speakers are offering a free gift to the people that are attending, um, which is fantastic because that means that you're going to get the checklist. You're going to get the cheat sheet. So you're going to get the things that instead of saying, oh, I don't know how to do this, I'm going to procrastinate on their advice right? That'll tell you exactly the next steps that you need to take in order to really have a more joyful place in your business, which of course lowers your stress. And, and you probably have a better relationship with your partner and with your kids and all those people that you actually like to hang out with. Um, and so yes, February 8th, 9th, and 10th from 10 a.m. to noon Eastern Standard Time, there is a link to sign up and, um, and that's it. It's absolutely free. You should come get as much juice as you can out of it. This is the Weekly Wealth Podcast with certified financial planner, David Chudik, where we discuss the wealth building mindsets and tactics that can help you to build and maintain wealth for you, your family, and your business. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Weekly Wealth Podcast. My name is David Chudik, and I am a financial advisor, but I'm a financial advisor with a twist. So as a certified financial planner with Parallel Financial, I do all the things that a financial advisor should do uh, to follow the financial planning process. But as a twist, I also help business owners to maximize the value of what probably is their biggest asset, and that's their business itself. So if there's anything keeping you up at night with regards to any money issue, email me, David, at ParallelFinancial.com, and we can sit down, whether it be in person, over Zoom, or even on the telephone. For about 30 minutes, we can talk about if there are any next steps for you and just help you to have a plan for all the financial areas of your life. Now, our podcast is geared not totally, but... Uh, but a lot of it is geared towards business owners. So we're going to talk today with um, with Tara Stand, and we're going to talk about productivity and how it's actually an enemy, which is interesting. So, uh, hey, Tara, how are you today? I am amazing. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Yeah, yeah. So tell us what part of the world you're in and, and a little bit about yourself, because you have um, kind of a, an interesting uh, career uh, uh, career path that's led you here. I have. Um, I live in New York City. I am originally from Nebraska. Um, Nebraska so... to New York City. Wow, that's a culture shock. It's not. Actually, I come from a very small town in Nebraska, and New York City is just a, a variety of small towns smushed together. So it's culturally, it's actually very similar. <laughs> well, that is an interesting take. You know, I actually grew up in Queens. You're in Brooklyn, correct? I'm in the Bronx. Uh, the Bronx, Bronx. And it's interesting how there are like different neighborhoods of different ethnic groups, different nationalities and so on and so forth. And I live in South Carolina. And there's really none of that um, there. You know, there aren't different races or, or different uh, ethnic groups that live kind of in the same spot. So um, I could actually see how it how New York City could be a group of small neighborhoods. It makes it does make some sense. My neighborhood, my my neighbor literally walked in my house the other day. Um, he just unlocked the door and let himself in when I was in the middle of a call. Like, hi, Nick, can you come back later? Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of working right now. I'm doing a podcast. Leave me alone. No, but that's uh, that's really really cool. So, you, um, um, you're an engineer, right? Um, I an industrial am. engineer. So, how do you get from 
from industrial engineer to what you do now, that seems a little bit uh, maybe backwards or just not a straight career path. Um, it's actually the exact same thing. So most people don't know what we do as industrial engineers. And I always get very excited when somebody's like, oh, my sister-in-law's an IE. Uh, so what we do as industrial engineers is we take a look at entire businesses. And instead of designing a product, we design how a business runs. So our goal is to make that business as profitable and as efficient as possible. Uh, so industrial engineers really look at process. The number one uh, employer of IEs long, long ago was UPS, uh, just because they wanted to get their logistics on point so they could deliver packages as quickly as possible. Um, and so what I do now, as far as industrial engineering, is I help micro and small businesses take a look at their business and see how they can optimize the work that they're doing, how they can optimize impressing their clients in a profitable way while also not being chained to their office or not being chained to their work. So I really like that. And I like that we're we're talking today because like I said, a lot of our listeners are small business owners and small business owners they get stuck in like the stuff and they don't optimize. They don't do the things that need to be done to make the business run really well. And, and I've been there, you get kind of in that survival mode of, you know, I got to get this done. I got to get this done and I just got to make it through the day. And then when somebody asks you, how you been? Well, I've been busy and you really are busy. And it's because you're so busy that you don't have time to do the things that can help you to not be busy. So, so we were talking and, and, and kind of the title of this podcast, it doesn't make that much sense. So we're going to jump <laughs> into it, but why productivity, productivity is your biggest enemy. So I think, Hey, if I'm productive, I'm being awesome and I'm doing the right things, but you're, you're saying the opposite. So let's, let's unpack that and help that to make some sense. Yeah, absolutely. So let me turn this around for a second. Uh, what, how do you define productivity in your own life and in your own business? What does that mean to you? Whew. So my first thought would be getting a lot of crap, or I could use a different word, done. So um, <laughs> just getting a lot of stuff done um, and, and and having a long to-do list. And and for me, sometimes that, uh, that might even be, um, you know, get to the office, take the trash out, um, you know, change copier toner, then maybe talk to a client, do something important. And then, um, uh, I don't know, run payroll and, and do, you know, probably four out of five of those things really are not revenue producing, but they were just stuff. Yeah, exactly. And so when we talk about productivity, oftentimes we're talking about, we have this gigantic to-do list and the the measurement of our productivity is how many of those things we can check off that list, right? And so also the other way that we think about productivity is you kind of said it without saying it, is that we think about productivity as an individual sport and not Ooh, a team sport. Yeah, yeah, okay. Absolutely, 100%. I definitely think of it as me. I was productive today. Exactly, exactly. And so when we 
think about being productive, those two things are actually working against us because in business, whether we're a solopreneur, meaning that we're the only person in our business, or we have one or two employees, it's still a team sport because you're still working with your client. Oh, if you have a business of any kind, right, you're working with your client or uh, their reps or or someone else. So one, business is a team sport. So we have to think about productivity and sense of an individual thing as something our entire business works together to achieve. And the other thing is when we think about what we're getting done is going to change based on what our goals are. So oftentimes as business owners, we don't think, right? Because we're so, like you said, we're so much in the weeds. We mm -hmm. don't think about the things we should be doing. Right. And so oftentimes if we don't think about, hey, how am I spending my time? Not just what am I doing? What's keeping me busy? But how am I spending my time? Mm -hmm. And so when, as an industrial engineer, what we look at is time in kind of two, two buckets, if you will, two and a half buckets, because uh, I always like being a little controversial. So the first bucket is value added time. And that value added time is what we consider, it's actually a technical term. Um, it has to meet three criteria. So it has to be something that your customer is willing to pay for. So example, mm. if you are uh, are selling hair clips and you have to do your books anyway, and you put bookkeeping on the invoice, your customer is going to be like, I don't want to pay for your bookkeeping, right? I mean, they do on the back end, but they're not going to want to see that as a line item. Second of all, it's got to change the product or information or service in some way. And third, it's got to be done right this, the, the first time. So anything else is not value added, which means it's not stuff we actually get paid for. Right? I get it. So so yeah. like my office's bookkeeping, you know, paying the electric bill so the lights don't get turned off, that is not a value added task, correct? Okay. Correct. Exactly. Okay. And so everything else is non-value added, okay. right? Some of it's necessary, but the rest is non-value added. So when we look at world-class companies, when they really look at improving what we call throughput, which is how from the time somebody orders something from us to the time that we can fulfill it, how fast is that, right? That's the throughput. Because the faster we can get through that while still maintaining quality customer service, the more profit we can, we can have, right? So world-class companies are at about 10% value at a time, 90% non-value at a time. Wow. Yeah. 10% value much, added. Yeah, I would have thought much more. If you're world-class, you're spending maybe, maybe not 90, 10, but I would have thought 50, 50. Yeah, no. And so when we think about productivity, we keep going faster on the not like we keep saying, oh, I have to. So be what is a bad company, a non-world-class company? Is it literally like 99, one? I mean, probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like 2%, okay. 2%, right? Because when you think about how much energy you spend on your advertising on your marketing on your bookkeeping on your strategic planning on managing your employees, if you have them. All of that stuff on restocking, depending on what your business model is, right? Instead of actually serving your customer, it's a very small amount. Well, and you know what's interesting is I've had different sized teams over the year. And I've always kind of joked that, you know, if you have a team of five or a team of two or a team of three, 
the same amount gets done. There's just a little bit less chit chat if they're two if they're two or three good people that are committed to get done what needs to get done. A little less chit chat and the work gets done. You throw one or two extra people in. It's not that anybody's lying or cheating or stealing, but there's a little more chit chat, a little less hustle. But everybody's still busy. Everybody's still like I was busy. I didn't have time to take lunch, but I was same, productive. <laughs> yeah, I was productive. Yeah, yeah. And but but literally the same amount of done, work got done with five people as used to get done with two or three people. So it's it's kind of like, you know, and, and it's not laziness. It's not people who are trying not no. to do a good job. It's just, um, you know, kind of the team not working optimally, I think. And one of, one of my favorite things to tell business owners is that no employee can beat, no, it doesn't matter how good your employee is. No employee can beat a bad system. Mm -hmm. Wow. Right. Okay. Yeah. They can't. Yeah. So if that system is stacked against them, and it's not that we intentionally do it, none of us intentionally make a bad system in our business. Well, I hope not. None of us intentionally do it. It's just that we don't think about how we can create flow in our business versus people working harder, right? Because we always want them to work faster. We want them to work harder. We want them to work. And I put this in quotes, smarter. And Instead of thinking about that, thinking about how you can flow the work so it gets, it flows to the customer, right? Because that's who's paying your bills. Okay. And so. Mm -hmm. No, I was going to say, so, but I think you're going to get to it. Like some examples of, because everybody says, hey, we need to systematize, right? We need, we need uh, standard operating procedures. You know, that's kind of the new thing or no. Okay. So you just made a, made a, made a face at that. So why did you make the face at standard operating procedures? And is that not the same thing as systematizing or systems? Oh, no, 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 okay. no, no, no. And that is such a huge trap because we feel so good about it. Right. Okay. We feel so good. And then it doesn't work. And then we get upset at our employees because I did all this work for you and I made the SOP and you're not following it. And if you were following it, we'd be doing better, but that's not true at all. Uh, I get very, I get very passionate about this particular topic because everyone's like SOPs and SOPs and SOPs. So just going back to, to time for a second, right? What we tend to do is we tend to look at that value at a time and want people to work faster over there. We try to optimize that instead of optimizing the non-value at a time. Right. So that's how long is your to do list? That's how many errors are we getting? If we're taking custom orders and we keep having to call our customer back to get it right, that first phone calls was an error. It just uh -huh. was. Uh -huh. uh, you know, how much inventory do we have? And when I talk about inventory, it's like how many emails are in your inbox that's mucking, gucking up the works, right? How much? How much stuff do you have to get done? So there's certain non-value added tests that we take a look at. And so, but we forget to reduce that by 50%. And so if we reduce that by 50%, you're going to get a whole lot more productivity. I'm putting that in quotes, right? You're going to get more system productivity than you ever would looking at the value added stuff. Wow. Um, I love that. I love that. That's, that's good stuff. So. Yeah. And so in answer to your question on the, the SOPs, so what an SOP is, right? What are you, what, as a business owner, right? You've had several businesses and several different configurations. What's an SOP to you? An SOP should, in, in my mind, and, and and maybe I'm about to get grilled and told I'm doing it wrong, but that's good because I love, <laughs> one of the reasons I love doing podcasts is I get to talk with people like yourself that can help our audience, but also help me because I need this as much as anybody. But to me, an SOP is a way of getting 
the information on how to do something out of one person's mind and kind of making it available to everybody. So let's say as an example for my office, oh, I don't know. Um, I, let's go back to paying the electric bill. So if we have a, a a standard operating procedure on, you know, what the what the website is to log in, what the password would be, which bank account we pay for it out of, and then if there's something else that needs to be done, you know, with regard to paying the electric bill, you know, if I die in a car accident um, or I'm in the hospital in a coma, somebody can go into the pay the electric bill SOP and figure out how to do it. Maybe not quite as fast as whoever the normal person to do it, but it'll still get done. So what do you think? So let's take a quick break from the podcast and let's talk about the business owners. <clears throat> if you've ever thought about selling your business to fund part of your retirement, uh, but you just don't know how to maximize your business value or you don't even know what your business value is, go to my new website, www.allofmyassets.com. You can take the value builder score and there's a ton of resources about business exit planning and even some tools that can help you to determine if you are even been ready both emotionally and financially to consider selling your business. And now back to the podcast. Terrible things to your business. Um, but what happens is that particularly with complex things, we're like, oh, well, if we write it down and we do a video about it, and then we have this gigantic handbook of SOPs, no one's going to look at it. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing, right? Sure. So the other thing is that we often put that three ring binder on the shelf. I'm old. <laughs> Right. We put that three big binder on the shelf that has all the SOPs and then it gets lost and nobody remembers where it's at or that it even exists anymore. Or we put that file on our shared drive and again, it gets lost and people forget that it exists. Uh, so when we think about work and how work gets done, every person in your company, every employee, every contractor, every, even yourself needs to know three things, right? At any given time. What do I do? When do I do it? And how do I do it? Yep. Now in small companies, the way that usually happens is that, well, the owner of the company or my manager or my boss comes over and tells me what to do and when to do it. And mm -hmm. at some point prior to that, they told and me how to do it. if I have a question it. on how to do it, I ask them. So now it's two people doing one thing when in some way, shape or form, one person should be doing one thing ultimately. Exactly. Exactly. They call it a paid demonstration. You get paid while I demonstrate. So... <laughs> That's a whole, we could do a whole nother podcast on how to train your employees properly. Ooh, we might need to um, do that. I like it. Yeah. Because no one knows, like no one teaches you as a business owner, how to train your employees. Uh, and there's, it, it, it's not hard. It's just, we don't think about it. Uh, but anyway, so when you, I'm assuming you, you live in a, a place that people drive in New York city, not everyone does. So I'm assuming you drive a car. Sure. Right? I'm going to take the left turn to you for a second. Okay. And so when you're driving and let's say you pull into the Target or the Walmart parking lot, um, whatever your favorite big box store is, um, how do you know where to park? If this is not a trick question, I mean, there's normally the, the, the one entrance that I go in and, and then you find an empty spot that's probably as close to the door as, as you can get. Okay. And in what orientation are you parking? I normally pull straight in. I'm not a back into a, a spot type of a person. Okay. So you're not, so you're going with the lines, right? So uh -huh. if the lines are going straight, you're going right. to, you're going to head straight in. Correct. If the lines are at an angle, you're going to be angled in. Correct. Right. And if the lines are in, in parallel parking format, then you'll parallel park. 
Correct. Yes. Right. So no one is out there telling you where to park, how to park. Yep. Right. You don't have to ask. You don't get out of your car and say, hello, greeter. Will you please tell me where to park? Is it okay to park in that one or should I park in the other one? Exactly. And so often this is what we do in our business is that we we forget about all those things that we we could be implanting our brains into our employees that doesn't have to use speaking, right? We don't have to do that in a document. Because those things, once they're said, or once they're put in a video, or once they're put in a document, are dead. They're not mm. alive anymore. Right. They don't change. And your your business changes. Sometimes it changes every day, mm -hmm. depending on, on what your business looks like, right? Sometimes what I need to accomplish in a day changes every day. Sure. And so when we have things that are really dynamic, that can tell our employees what to do, when to do it and how to do it, then it becomes easier to walk away from or not walk away, but go on vacation and not worry that things are getting done properly. Right. Sure. Same thing in your kitchen, you have in your, your silverware drawer, right? Nobody tells anybody what orientation to put the spoons in or where they go because mm -hmm. you have that little thing. Right. So sometimes in business that may look like automating emails saying, Hey, even if they're just internal emails, it's, it's the second Tuesday of the month. Here is a standard email that goes out automatically the second Tuesday of the month that says, this is the purchasing that needs to be done. Here are the passwords, here are the things, and it gets sent out. Nobody has to think about it. Nobody has to look for it. Nobody has to search for it. I like that. Right? Oh, and if yeah. you forget, here's the video to show you exactly how to do it. I like it. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit of a time investment up front to make that automated email and set it up and and maybe to make that video on how to complete the task. So you're investing mm -hmm. a little time, but then you're saving an infinite amount of time every every two weeks when it needs to be done, right? So so a little investment, but then saving on on the back end and getting things done correctly sounds like a win, 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 right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so when we think about that, right, it may not feel productive because oftentimes we go for <laughs> I, I don't know about you. I have, I have three teenagers. So they, they will tell me now, mom, feelings aren't facts <laughs> because I, I keep telling them the same heard, thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. But that's a child of a business coach right there. Right. So. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So it may not feel productive to spend that 15 minutes setting up that email. Right. And making that video. But once you're done, that's why I say I always like I hate the idea of people feeling like they need to be productive because mm -hmm. that feeling and actually being efficient are two separate things. And well, so you know what's interesting? I, I had started making a list personally of of just what I need to do and I have to get done today that are that are productive. Not well, I shouldn't say productive, that are profitable and income producing. And normally it's like freaking three things, four things that'll take 20 minutes. And then I'm like, okay, I got my three or four very important high impact um, items done that will either directly or indirectly produce significant revenue. And it's not all about the money, but it kind of is, or else we could all find something else to do. And then it's like, wow, I'm really not that freaking important to where I have to, you know, be on that, that own business owner. I work a hundred hours a week because I'm so important. Uh, no, I got the, I got the client facing things done and, and, and now I can do some visionary things, but I don't have to work because the eight hour workday, somebody 
came up with that concept. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing written anywhere that says if you own a business, you have to work 40 hours a week from nine to five. No, no. Mm -hmm. And you should, business should be boring. It really should. Like it, you should be doing the same things every day because you know, those are the same things that make you money. Yep. Right. And yeah. so if you're constantly firefighting, that's a red flag that says, hey, your system is broken. It's not your employees, mm -hmm. your system somewhere. There is a system breakdown and it's not your fault. You didn't know. It's just, but time to take a look, right? Yeah. Yeah. I had a, a friend yeah. who we were putting together mm -hmm. a, a program and he was a, he was a, um, probably someone similar to you at a big manufacturing facility. And he said, the questions I always ask is, is this a systems problem or is it a people problem? And sometimes you actually legitimately have the wrong people, either either the wrong people at all, or just the wrong people doing the uh, the right people doing the wrong job. Um, in which case, you have to move them to a different seat. But most of the time, it's just that people don't know what to do. There's no system in place. There's no telling them, you know, which direction to park. So, so I love, love, love that analogy. And we all want to do a good job, right? Mm -hmm. And so, as adults, we're taught, don't ask because you'll look stupid. Don't. You know, somebody already told you how to do this and you said that it was okay and you wanted to make a good impression. So oftentimes when they're not doing the right thing, it's actually not because they don't want to do a good job. It's because they want to show you that they're competent. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's for sure. Okay. So before we get on to our next topic, which is really, really a big deal that I'm super excited about, I would love to get you to commit to coming back on and talking about how do we train our team members uh, sometime in the future? Because I think that is something... What I try to bring to to our listeners as business owners is the skills how to run a more profitable business, which will ultimately affect your financial life. And business owners quite often are not great at training people. They're not great at running businesses, but they're great at their trade. So, so a house builder builds really, really good houses, but then a, then at a point they get so big to where they're not really building houses personally anymore. They're managing people building houses, and then that's when the that's when that's when it goes south because they haven't been told how to train people what the standards are for for building the house they haven't gotten systems in place for paying taxes and marketing and everything else so would love 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 if you could talk about training training people um, in an efficient and effective way in the future I think that would just be so valuable to our listeners I would love to I would love to and you actually reminded me of one more quick thing one more quick tip um, just giving that building a house example right so often. When we have, it's not even so often, every single business does the same types of things over and over again, right? Whether you're an online business and you do product launches, whether you're building a house and you have a consultation process, and then you have the construction process. One of the things that I just started doing is making an Excel. Excel is a very powerful tool that I, I love doing and I nerd out. So if you can't do this, somebody else can do it for you. But for, and this is going to go into what we're going to talk about next. So this next thing that I'm doing, I do on a regular basis. And so it requires certain steps like reaching out to experts and sending out emails and getting things done and then doing the thing. So I backlogged from the date of the event what I need to do, you know, five days out, 30 days out, 50 days out. I put that into Excel. So now all I have to do is put the date of my event and all the days for everything that I need to do pop up and goes to my calendar. So I no longer have to think about what do I need to do and when do I do it because my Excel sheet tells me exactly and that what takes do I away to do. procrastination, doesn't it? Because I think like people, some people label themselves as procrastinators. I think we all procrastinate, and and 
I actually was at a seminar one time and there was, um, she was a, a therapist or a psychologist talking about the nature of procrastination. And, and most people think procrastinators are lazy and it's really the opposite. Procrastinators are people that want to get it done right. And if they don't know exactly how to get it done perfectly, then they don't do it. Um, but whereas the easy things that they know how to do, they'll, they'll do those things first. So if you have, you know, your days planned and systems and, and, and ways to do things, then there's nothing to procrastinate. Um, sometimes, I mean, for me, it's as easy as I'm not sure if I know the password of that website. So I will, I'll never get around to that task. But if you have a systematized ways of having your password stored, then, you know, it, it's, it, you know, we're all, we all let little things get in the way and, and that kills our, kills our profitability and, and how we optimize our business and, and our jobs for sure. So, well, let's talk about, I'm, I'm ridiculously excited next week, um, the Love Your Business Summit. The, these are some things that you do quite often, but tell us about this one, how anybody can sign up and just what it's going to feature because um, I love speaking to people and I know you're going to have some really, really valuable speakers. So let's, let, let's hear about the Love Your Business Summit coming on uh, next week. Yes, I am so excited about it. February, we so often talk about um, our love for ourselves or our love for our partners. We don't talk about our love for our business and every business owner knows after a couple of years, it becomes a slog. Your business has grown organically. It may have not grown in the way that you expected. You may have gotten a business because you wanted to take time off for your family. And now you are working those hundred hours a week instead of working the the. 20 hours a week that you had originally anticipated. So this summit is really an invitation to fall back in love with your business. So we're having um, 11 experts plus me talk about mindset, money, marketing, and, um, and methods, which I talk about um, kind of what are your tactics to creating good systems. Also, you can fall back in love with your business. So what are those things that you can implement the next day or even the same day as the summit in order to get that breather in order to say, actually, I do enjoy doing this and I want to be able to do more of what I love to do and get rid of off my plate, the things that I don't love so much. Sure. So what are some of the other types of, of speakers and presenters that will be um, involved with this event? Yes. So one of the one of the 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 speakers, I don't have her name off the top of my head because I'm really terrible about that, but it's on the website. Uh, she is a feng shui expert that's going to teach us Ooh. how to create a workspace that sparks joy and productivity. Uh, so that's, that's very really interesting. Yeah. And that's not something that I would think about, but um, but I could just imagine how having your workspace optimized would just put you in a better state of flow, better state and and make you more more productive. No, we don't want to be more productive. We want to be profitable and optimized. So I love yeah. that. That's going to be really interesting. Exactly. We have somebody coming in to talk about how playfulness is the secret to uh, to being innovative in your business. So all of these things that really center around like, how can we make it fun again, right? Mm -hmm. um, I've got a mindset. Uh, there's a mindset coach that's coming in to talk about how you can um, think about your business in a more playful way in order to get more clients, which is very exciting. I have um, somebody that's doing, um, he's a uh, an expert in YouTube advertising, but what he's actually going to talk about, because this is these are the problems that he sees in his clients' lives, are how to create a um, a whole system of of marketing that your clients actually love, 
right? Because nobody likes, we were just talking about this. Nobody likes the mass email. Right. And so if you have a breakdown in that system and your client isn't actually enjoying it, mm-hmm. how do we make that happen? Yeah. Perfect. So it sounds like there's just a wealth of resources uh, available to business owners uh, uh, that can help them to run better businesses, which ultimately means you have a better life, maybe less stress, maybe more money, maybe more job satisfaction, and and just everything that business is supposed to do for us. So tell us the the dates, the times, the costs, and 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 how uh, we can get set up and uh, signed up for it. And, and we'll absolutely have the link in the show notes as well. Yeah, so it is February 8th, 9th, and 10th from 10 a.m. to noon, each one of those days on Eastern Time, uh, Eastern Standard Time. So that way you can pop in and pop out. It's not a whole day commitment. It is absolutely free for business owners. Every one of our speakers are offering a free gift to the people that are attending, um, which is fantastic because that means that you're going to get the checklist. You're going to get the cheat sheet. So you're going to get the things that instead of saying, oh, I don't know how to do this, I'm going to procrastinate on their advice right? That'll tell you exactly the next steps that you need to take in order to really have a more joyful place in your business, which of course lowers your stress. And and you probably have a better relationship with your partner and with your kids and all those people that you actually like to hang out with. Um, And so yes, February 8th, 9th, and 10th from 10 a.m. to noon Eastern Standard Time, there is a link to sign up and, um, and that's it. It's absolutely free. You should come get as much juice as you can out of it. I always like, you know, nice juicy things. Perfect. No, I, I love it. Uh, let, let's say I already have something on the calendar, big, big important client uh, meeting, let's say Wednesday from, from 10 to 12. So I couldn't make that. Are there ways to, to go back and look at the, the previous uh, uh, sessions uh, uh, if, if you're not able to, to make those? Yep. So there's, there's going to be two different ways. So one, I will do, um, what we'll do is we'll do a 24 hour replay. So you'll have 24 hours to view it. And if that isn't your jam, or if you just want to go back and listen to it, when you feel, Hey, I'm going to work on my marketing. I already have it in my calendar for March. And you want to go back. Then we have a $47 VIP offer, which gives you unlimited uh, replays for life. Um, and with that, you also get a, uh, an after party ticket, which is with me after every, every day, uh, for a half an hour, I'll be around uh, doing Q and a and, um, and personalizing that advice specifically to the businesses, um, that bought VIP tickets. And you'll also be getting a, um, I will be running a love your marketing message, um, sales page audit uh, for those VIP ticket holders as well. So those are the three things that you get for that $47, but otherwise it's the 24 hour replay is included in just signing up. I love it. I love it. So uh, fail to fab offers.com slash love dash your dash biz. And this will be in the show notes and Anybody who's interested in just falling back in love with their business, I, I do encourage you to sign up. Business ownership is the greatest thing ever, but it also can really, it can be difficult. It can be hard because as as the leader, you're kind of the last stop. You don't have, uh, you know, you are the HR department, you are the marketing department, you are all of the departments and, and it can be a lonely place. So it is easy to fall out of love with your business, but I think it's also easy to fall back in love with your business. 
So this brings us to the last question. And this is the one that I didn't tell you I would ask you. So we're putting you on the spot. So we're the weekly wealth podcast. And we talk about the mindsets, the tactics and the strategies that help you to build wealth. So let's hear it from Tara. What is your definition of wealth? What does wealth mean to you and your family? You had me nervous for a second. I thought and we I was need your tax return and, and we need to know your account balances as well. To connect your wealth <laughs> now, right now, off the top of my head. Um, so wealth for me is being able, and this is really my mission life, really, is being able to say, this is what I want to do mm-hmm. instead of this is what I have to do. Wow. I like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that. So mm-hmm. moving from so often we have, we say, oh, I have to stay in this job. I have to stay in this house. I have to stay in this relationship because we don't have money mm-hmm. um, to move forward. And so wealth, true wealth to me is never having to say that again. I love it. So almost everybody gives some version of freedom uh, of wealth. And, and that's what you're talking about is, is freedom. So I think that's awesome. And um, business ownership can provide infinite freedom or it can be literal bondage. So so we're running our businesses the right way and learning from people like you. Uh, we can absolutely have that freedom. So uh, check out failtofabauthors.com slash love dash your dash biz. Uh, join the Love Your Biz Summit next week. And um, yeah, Tara, I'm looking forward to having you on again after we get through the summit and talking about how to train employees and team members because um, this is just super exciting and valuable to our listeners. And uh, yeah, so until next week, we wish everybody a blessed week. Have a great day. Thanks, Tara. Thank you.